This is the Lucy Beatrix podcast. On my show, I talk to the most hopeful, striving, and determined people that I can find. From my past life as a fashion model on the covers of magazines, to my life now as a competitive athlete living here in New York City. Today's guest is J.R. Jensen. J.R. is an entrepreneur and athlete who created Trellis, which is a same-day delivery service going against the grain in that it empowers local business. On today's show, we're going to talk about competing with Amazon, running and community, as well as our common thread of sobriety. So stay tuned for the show with JR. Welcome. Yeah. That, wow, that was that was amazing. I was really cool to hear myself introduced it's like that. It's always interesting hearing how you are like encapsulated. Yeah. I got to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. Thank Use you. Use it for something. I appreciate that. So welcome um, to my podcast. Uh, oh, it's a very pleasure. special inaugural video version of my podcast. Um, I've had the show for several years, but now having it like this is a completely different format. So it's exciting to um, bring it to life in this way. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a big you're, step. You're, you're totally great. like you're you're helping me. Um, I guess, transcend into this uh, visual component of the show. But we have so many common denominators. And considering we only just met in the past hour or so, (laughs) we did just get tacos across the street. Um, Considering we just met, I've already determined that we have, I don't know, five or six really big things in common. But I want to start, before we get into any of that, um, I want to go back to your your upbringing and where, where you're from, who you are, and like everything up until the point that I met you, oh, wow. how you can just, um, I don't know, package yourself. Like, who are you? Where are you from? Sure. Um, so um, I'm really John Jensen, J.R. Jensen. J.R. came from just there being a lot of Johns. So I'll get that out of the way fairly quickly. Um, but I grew up in Long Island, New York, right on the uh, in the suburbs right next to Queens. So I was um, always going into the city and stuff, but um, have an older sister. My parents um, grew up in like suburbia. So I'm, I'm a, like a suburban kid for sure. And then um, I played hockey and I played drums. So I was always in bands and doing something. I was either touring or playing hockey. That was like yeah. my kind of, that was like high school. It was quick uh, sub culture type of stuff really opened my eyes DIY which we can probably talk about that lends to a lot of stuff later on but um doing it yourself it's just those punk rock ethos of I, I don't know anything that someone you see being done you could do like don't let yourself get in your own way type of stuff growing up um so that that was like high school and then I went into college I didn't really know what to do really per se. I wanted to be a marine biologist actually. For being completely honest, I did a year and a half of marine biology, wasn't working out. I went into business school. My parents were just like, well, you have this opportunity, just continue going, don't not. So I went to business school, got a BBA in accounting, quickly went right back to school for design, found like branding and the world of being creative that I was always like creating flyers and posters and you really start to see those things being, I guess you can do it commercially. Um, so like the sports kind of took a back end, the band picked up. I started touring with hardcore bands, uh, working for them, my own band touring U S Canada, um, a lot of that. So it was just a lot of like being, uh, being active, which probably relates to a lot of other things too. And then from there, like finding that world that you can be creative and sustain yourself. Like I, I had a, my father was a um a retired vet from vietnam who was a correction officer and after i graduated with a a degree in business i was like i'm gonna go back to school for art and i think his like heart dropped but at the same time he was the man that got me into art he just never knew that that was like a creative outlet that you can like live on so he was super excited about that so that was like that kind of set the groundwork for making money in, in being creative. And, and I feel like yeah. that speaks to the entrepreneurial um, spirit of you do have to be creative and come up with something that's, you know, completely, uh, you know, out of thin air. 
and then make it into a business and make it somehow profitable. And so I'm just curious as far as your entrepreneur side or like coming up with, um, you know, your company, your startup, how, how did you, how did you get into that? Or like, I know there's probably so many processes of trial and error and trying to figure out what's, how you're going to carve your way and make a mark um, as a as a startup owner. So how did you stumble into that world? It was like years of doing other things, years of like, I don't wanna call it failing, but years of doing things that just maybe didn't pan out or that you pivot. Um, there was like a record label I wanted to start and I kind of did that on my own and sunk money, but I learned. Mm -hmm. And then I did clothing companies with friends, like, you know, in our 20s and younger and just like doing things in the city and that like those clothing lines never panned out, but right. those relationships are what I have now with those same guys who are, we're doing running right. clothes together now. So uh -huh. like things never, like the people you meet along those ways. Um, but I ended up becoming my own freelance graphic designer and taking on work. And I met my business partner now 10 years ago, doing that work for him with his agency. Nice. So it was always, it was learning and just not, not doing something. It's always doing something and you never know which one is going to pan out. It's sometimes it's just taking shots in the dark and just going after something full on, learning all the skills as you go, as well as you possibly can in motion. But then sometimes things just segue and pivot and, but you, along the way, you're learning so many invaluable skills that you can take with you to what you ultimately end up doing which now ultimately you are working on your, your startup trellis. Yeah. And it, so yeah, tell us about that. Exactly to your point though. I think it's like everything you learn, like use that as your competitive advantage the next time around. Like how does things relate? How does like anything in your world relate? Like if you mesh them all together, that creates you. Mm -hmm. That's what like makes you super you. Mm -hmm. It makes you more unique. So you might not think something is valuable when you enter a room, but like, it is because it is unique where you think like this cookie cutter, your expectations of what you think someone should be with for who they are. How do you differentiate from them? Oh, How do yeah. you like, and it's all those other, like your unique journey, mashing that all up and then doing what you're doing now. Oh, I totally see that. And even just when you mentioned the music just now and you're like, cause that was one of the things we didn't touch on right before I met you, but right, I right. go music, punk rock. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're my guy. <laughs> like I immediately connect with you on that. And I, without even saying anything. Cause I'm like, if you know music, then you know me like that can connect you with anyone because it's just like such a, such a, a strong thing that, you know, that like you're either you're in it or you're not. And so that's, that's pretty cool. But I, I see what you're saying. And it's just, I, I've definitely noticed with my own life with like navigating the world is like finding those common threads with people instead of just being one singular thing and using that dynamic, um, those dynamic interests to make you, you and relatable to way more people. And, and that's like, a, that's really what Charles is to like, so like to get just to jump back to that. Yeah. Like, so where I am now is, you know, being an, an entrepreneur, but I'm the creative director here. I am the CTO in the business. I've coded for us. I've done all the branding. I've designed everything. I built one of our websites. I work with the marketing team. I like, I work with even the sales team. I work with the product team and it's like all those different things. I was, I was a UX designer for years. Mm -hmm. I was a, an art director in an interactive video startup for two years. I, I just, all those different things is like, now I'm doing it all together Got you to this point. Yeah. And that's, what's letting me, I feel like be comfortable in this role of taking everything on and doing my own thing. So explain trellis to sure. anyone who doesn't know. Sure. Um, I mean, I mentioned briefly in the intro that it's, it's um, empowering local businesses, same day delivery service, but explain it for yourself. Right. So there's two business partners, a uh, super important part of the, uh, of the equation here. So I have to say like it, it's definitely not doing it on my own. I'm doing it with two other people, um, Adam Haber and Brian Burkery. And Adam actually came up with the idea. He's been trying to do this for years. He worked in uh, economic development. He was trying to get um, actually our town, like where we live locally to, to do this themselves, like to do a, a, um, like a government private thing together. And it just didn't pan out. He was talking with Brian, Brian knew me and trellis, our same day delivery service was born where, Hey, the ethos are DoorDashes, Grubhubs, uh, Drizzly, Amazon, they all take a percentage of the sale. So how can you say you're four small businesses, but before 
anything, you're taking 15, 20, 30% of a sale from a small business that their margins are super small. Um, so when they brought this idea to me, I just thought it was the coolest, like, like, again, those, those ethos, like this is like fighting the man type stuff, helping the small guy. Um, I'm in. So I was like, I'm in. So that's trellis. It's a same day delivery service that helps small businesses offer same day delivery to compete against the Amazons, DoorDashes, Walmarts. And a lot of those businesses are disguising their offering by saying, Hey, we work with small businesses. We'll do this stuff for you. But they're really just trying to get small businesses to list their products in their own ecosystems to make more money off of small businesses by cutting again, taking their margins. Mm -hmm. And that's what Charles is not here for. We want to teach small businesses how to have their own Shopify website, how to do their own sales. And then, you know, we'll do that delivery. Sure. But like put the power in your own hands mm -hmm. as a business, not like put them behind the eight ball by being a necessary evil. You're on some of these platforms and it's like, if you're not on it, you miss the sale, but if you're on it, you're losing 30% of your sale. Like which one do you want? And that's the heart of Trellis. So it's a noble mission to empower and give back to the small mom and pop shops um, and have them have this way to be competing and do the same day delivery stuff like the big names. Um, but so why did you, how did you come up with that? Like what was your, like what, what inspired you you know, sure, coming yeah. from where you come from. Sure. It was even also like, I, I guess I'll, I'll say, I believe in stars have to align for sure. Mm -hmm. Before I was approached with this, I was working with uh, a friend of mine who owned the coffee shop. And I had this idea that coffee shops, I get like, you know, you get a little card from your local coffee shop. Every 10 you get, you get a free coffee. And I was like, oh, I wish I can use that same card at other local shops. And I was like, and then that like co-oping that. So then like people love rewards, like there's their Starbucks rewards, your yeah. Dunkin' Donuts rewards. So you can use those everywhere and you get points and then you redeem it anywhere. So I had this idea of like co-oping local coffee shops. I just drink a lot of coffee. If you can't tell, <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll hear it sooner or later ramp in. But like if I can co-op them to like, have a rewards program for shopping local that you can use those rewards and not just have to go to the same coffee shop 10 times in a row, but go to 10 different coffee shops and then redeem that somewhere. That was actually what I was starting on when Brian and Adam approached me and saying like, Hey, we're doing this on a, a, a grander scale. We want to co-op and help businesses, small businesses, like all small business, retail businesses, home-based businesses, um, offered delivery. And it was that same idea of like co-op, like working with small businesses. Mm -hmm. So those stars definitely had to align. And so I was in that mindset already, mm -hmm. which is kind of weird Yeah, that I was already trying to work with local businesses to help them compete against like corporation, mm -hmm. like corporate businesses. The man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> but like, yeah. And, and, and they're, they're not all bad, you know, they, right. they do good things they help, but it's like, you're, you're just, you have a fighting chance. It gives character, have both. I don't know. That's yeah. my no, take I, I on totally it. Yeah. See that. And I think there is this kind of in between where people are very much against like co corporate, like big corporations, but at the same time, it's like, well, but like there's, there's arguments for both sides, but it's this idea of this middle ground of meeting people where they're at and having, or having a way to not shut out the smallest, like, smaller, more, um, I don't know, like family run businesses. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just seems like an interesting thing to be so passionate about. Um, but is, I'm just curious, like how, how much of your entrepreneurial mindset, um, when did that come out of you? Have you always had that like spirit? Yeah, it, it was in, I, I'll probably go back. It was ingrained. I think it was ingrained. I think like I, I can relate it back to my father. Um, passed away like 12 years ago, but he, and again, like I was saying, he was a, a cop and a Vietnam vet. He was a, a staff sergeant in the Marines. So it was like this son who was like all, like he always supported everything I did, but he was also an artist himself, but it was never like that, like world of you do that as a job. He was like, I just right. want better for you. Like yeah. I was a cop. I never want like you to break your back. And you, so he really can, did. Yeah. I see. And so, but at the same time, it was like, we had this like external, 
I vividly like this is like it sticks with me forever is like it's an external CD player like CD thing you know like had my gateway computer and he like scrounged enough he was like computers are going to be a thing for you in the future and like uh. I don't know he just knew this guy who you know and so we had that and he was like making mixed tape like making mixed CDs and then he was like oh you know you can like you should make some and sell them to your friends or like, it was just his entrepreneurial spirit. He passed that on to you. Yeah. And he was, he was like an artist in his own sense. He made a lot of crafts, um, cradles. He was a, a wood builder. He was a craftsman himself and he would go to art fairs and things, but like that wasn't what you do as a career. That wasn't like you needed to like, ha get a job, have a pension, have like a something you're investing that in. That generation for sure. Yeah. 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 But he also instilled in me like, be creative, be weird and funky and like physically make things and mm. enjoy and, and love people. So it was like, I relate to this so much because worlds. my dad also passed away and he was a journalist, a writer. Um, and he, but so his parents were of the mindset of like, you can't be a writer as a career. You have to have a job job. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, and you yeah, have to yeah. like, you know, like be a, either like a doctor or like, you know, an engineer or something. Um, Cause they came, they're Polish immigrants. And like, it was like, they came to America for a better life. Yep. And so like to be a, a writer just felt very like dead end. But my dad was like, no, I'm going to make this a career. I'll show you. And like, you know, made it a job. Um, but that when you're a kid and you see your parent just behaving and interacting with the world in a certain way and the way you're describing with the, like making things and being a little weird and, and creative and artistic that inevitably gets passed down to you and it, um, just changes how you see the world. And I've even seen since my dad has been gone and you might relate to this is like, once that person is no longer there, they're still living on in little things that you do. Oh, You're yeah. like, oh, this is a dad thing. More so than ever. Yeah, Like yeah. it's super like. Yeah, you see it, it and it. you're like, this is my dad doing yeah. this. And then I claim it even more and I'm like, yeah, yes, I need to do this now. And that's that. If there's ever a doubt to do something, it's like, exactly. no, I'm going full force yes, into this. Because you have that, like it's instilled in you. Yeah. And especially I think when you deal with, when you have them no longer there, you yeah. see it more. But, um, so you, d you did start to, I guess the, the seeds were planted for you to kind of go after this, you know, like starting this startup and this company and yeah. that, that was planted in you very young or instilled in you. And then now you're doing it. But, um, so until, until you, up until the point of trellis and being the person that you are now, when you were in the music scene, uh, what was your lifestyle like as far as like, I mean, everyone knows the stereotypes that surround like punk rock. Sure, like, sure. What was punk rock uh, JR like? Uh, right. Um, I, 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 it might be a tale of two. I don't know. How am I saying a tale of two, whatever. How, like I, I had a like a really good. I had a good home life. Like my, my parents had their own whatever, but like they were always saying like it was so I had a good one. Like I didn't come from a broken home, but at the same time, I, I don't know, I, forever, I just always felt like I was alone in a room, mm -hmm. forever. Like no matter what, no matter how, how much love anyone could have given me, I just was always like- Isolated. Alone in a, like alone in a filled room. Like, Interesting. but then so when we're like music, punk rock, it came out and I was, I actually, like it was a kid in Boy Scouts who had a rancid and a patch and a casualty patch. And I was like, that's it. And then that's literally, I got into that because of that, because like the, commu the yeah. camaraderie. And then, mm -hmm. so it was like, all right, it was off to the races with like hard music, got into hardcore and like the music really got me. It was, you know, agnostic front sick of it all, the bouncing souls, the, the whole like gamut of like a lot of like New York East coast punk rock. And just so happens. I also grew up around the block from a few of the guys that um, got started playing an agnostic front in these bands wow. and took me as a younger kid on tour with them to sell merch. And I was like, or like, yeah, my second or I guess like second year, I was in college and I was like convincing my teachers, I'm going on tour to- Wow, what years was this? Um, 2004 and so five. So early 2000s. Yeah, 2004 and five. And I was like convincing my teachers. I'm like, I'm, it was when I was going to school for accounting and I'm like, I'm doing all the accounting for these bands and I'm the, the tour manager. And I really wasn't, I was just selling merch. And I'm just like, I'm doing all this like stuff. It's like an internship, but like- <laughs> You're seeing it yeah, as a business, yeah. like pitching it, and I was pitching, pitching it to the teachers as like, this is my business Meanwhile, I'm just like <laughs> slanging t-shirts in the mosh pit the entire time yeah. for like a month across America. Like, but it was definitely that, that was my word. That was like my experience with it. And 
it definitely was home and it definitely it also obviously it cultivated like a creativity it cultivated entrepreneurial so how did drumming did you get how old were you when you got a drum uh, third grade i started drumming okay so, wow like, yeah yeah third grade my parents were su- they were super into it too they like had, let me have my drum set in the living room we didn't have like a big house so it was like drum set in the living room i'd have like my band over in the living room every wow. sunday like playing loud music they didn't care like they just let That's me great. And like, they let dude everyone's just... just like how do you let your and they, i guess just wanted the kids to be there and playing loud music it's in almost the living sometimes room. i feel like with parents i don't know this for sure but i feel like they want if it's going to be happening or like you know kids it's like have it in your own house because yeah. then you kind of have a little bit of a sense of what's going on yeah but that said was there any like did you get wrapped up in the lifestyle aspect of being a musician uh, i n- not not like I don't think in like one of the cliche senses, but I definitely was like not like hardcore partying, but like I was just it was always out. Like I was always doing something out, drinking, doing stuff, whatever. I was yeah. like definitely like it took up a lot of time. Right. And then those, you know, like a night ended up being maybe not like two days of partying, but just like canceled the next day because it was just like a late night out with the band going this, that. So it was definitely like part of the world but never anything bad bad. like yeah 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 bad i i relate to that actually because like so when i came to new york um the music scene this was in 2007 is when i came to new york and so it was like early i mean that's not the early 2000s but um but anyway so the music scene spoke to me um i was the girl at all the shows like i went to everyone's shows i was friends with all the local bands um like especially the williamsburg crew of friends and stuff and you know the going to the show culture and then also like going out after band practice and hanging and stuff and at least i i have a similar experience where it wasn't like like there was stuff going on like drugs and drinking and stuff but really the people that i was around they were really focused on the music and that was the crux of it all and so I think, um, you know, I definitely got caught up with the lifestyle a little bit later on, but in the beginning, it really was this sacred situation of like, like we're all just like so focused on our craft and our art and making music that that was the thing. And so, um, it wasn't so much about like the sex, drugs and rock and roll. aspect. I was the young kid too. Like when I joined my band, I was 15, they were 20 and 25. So like, and I, they were like, you're never going to like, you don't smoke, not doing it on our watch. Like I had to like, literally I turned 21 and like, they were like, all right, whatever you want. Like literally like, or then when, when it came like like graduated high school, I was like, all right, we're, I can tour forever now. Like I don't have no more school. And they were like, no, you're going to go to college. Like literally. So I was 21. They're like 30. He was like, they were like, you have an opportunity to go to school. You're going to school. You'll play in the band. We'll tour. You make it work. But you have these opportunities in life, like do them. And they like mm-hmm. made me at the same time of, of like, we'll take you across America, we'll do these things. They were just always looking out for me as like the younger kid, I guess. Wow, so it was, that's yeah, really special. A different that's, dynamic. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. easily yeah, been the other way yeah. of like, oh yeah, you've never smoked pot. Here's your first Yeah, joint. no, it like, was funny. They wouldn't let me. He was like, yeah. not on my watch. That's like great. It was, yeah, Josh oh and gosh, Frank, it was, we're still friends with this. They that's were, great. Like, like, uh, I had a, mentorship or like yeah. um like a brother older brother or something yeah it was it was it, all these weird dynamics it was definitely like a i mean i talk about like i'm talking about it now it's like it was that special of like a thing. yeah and so when you were getting more into the music stuff to that's is that when you strayed from the hockey sports yeah life? so i yeah, played kind of you chose, yeah yeah my first year i was playing hockey in my first year of college and i like was over it and uh-huh. i like i knew it wasn't going to be in the nhl or anything like that i probably knew way before that but like it was definitive. I'm not, this isn't my life. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I moved home after my first semester up away up, up upstate. And I just started playing with the band full time. Like I'm playing with the band full time, but like doing that, like that was my, mm-hmm. my thing from there. It was like music and school. hundred yeah. percent. And so when and how did, um, running come into the picture? All right, so, yeah. so let's back up. So yeah, you yeah, yeah. are, you founded the this running club, yep. No Sleeping Running Club. Yes. Which I'm assuming No Sleeping has a little to do with the also the entrepreneur sleeping on the factory floor. Like, I mean, I don't know. That's no, no, something it that can, I, it's you a can stereotype. take it a lot of ways. No, no, you can take it a lot of ways for sure. It like, well, really quick, like, no sleep, like don't sleep on it. Anything in your life, it's like don't like no sleeping. You, you can't sleep on your I florals. You can't sleep that. on I love anything. That, that's because that's like lately I've been like working, firing off and all c- c- cylinders and um. 
like three hours of sleep the past few nights because I'm just like work, work, work. And then yeah. I'm like, but that just sometimes you just have you to need do so, it. Yeah, yeah. We, we you s- need to sleep. You need it, but, but you then also need to you go know after sometimes stuff. you need to yeah do it. And it's fun. It's funny. Like so, Losa and I, my my like running partner, if you will, like confidant of we got into it together. But like it's the like sometimes like it was like sleep so you don't have to sleep. Like get yeah. your rest so you don't exactly. have like get your rest. Like I, I don't know that. if that's like just us getting older, but <laughs> that's really so, funny. Yeah, but I got into running three years ago, and it was a lot of like lifestyle changes, and I think this is where a lot of our dots start <laughs> to like, connect. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Here yeah, we go. Exactly. It was I had two like I had I became a I was like a became a pescatarian. I just started like thinking more about like um, just better decision making in life. Uh, so I'm turning thirty seven. It's like I guess that 30, I, I don't know, maybe that number hit me, but I just started like thinking about better decision, not even better decision making, but like actually thinking about decision making, not just like doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why am I doing it? Question. I started questioning more as even I got older. So I got, I like, that's when I became a pescatarian, stopped eating mead, wanted to try to get a little bit more like eco-friendly, but also met like, I don't know, maybe all that stuff isn't really good because I was just like slamming burgers and I mean, all time. It works with some people. I don't know. I, it wasn't for me. I was like not very healthy at that time. Um, then like, so that was like, it was like a lot of decision-making that led up to um, running came into play when that was when I was like, I started working on my, like the coffee thing. And I really was like, I want to, I need to make a move in my life. I need to like, this is my defining moment. I don't know. I define my own moment of like, Now's the time. What do you need to do to achieve what you want? And a lot of what I, I talk about with some friends is like getting things out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, getting like, I don't drink. So like getting drinking out of the way. I was like, I went at so many, like I was doing so many things in my life and that was a part of it. I was like, well, I didn't really, none of those like panned out. Maybe if I remove that, I do something. Maybe this will pan out. So it was like stripping, getting out of my own way. So that, that was like one of the things. And then when it came to running, I, I, it was actually like right before, um, I guess it was the beginning of 2019, end of 2018. Me and Los, we started, we were like working out. We started, um, we were both like separate, working out, seeing each other, like posting like their times on a treadmill. And then we just started like literally bantering to each other, like nice time. And I started running outside and I was like, you need to run outside, like, get off the treadmill. That's and he so was like, funny. well, then That's I'll run insane. it. And then I will like post a time and then it would be like, Oh, that's great. And like super camaraderie about it. But like yeah. his time was always faster than mine. So and like, then oh like, God. and then I'm like, okay, my time's going to be faster. <laughs> and then it was like that, that was wrong. That's like motivation. That, it was, it was motivation. Yeah. And it was always like, yeah, that's great. And at the same time as you're walking away, it's like, I'm going to crush you yeah, next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I'm going oh, to destroy yeah. your time, oh, yeah. but that's great for you. Yeah, like, so job. that was, yeah. it was literally just the two of us. And I hated running. I like, that's probably why I'm not an athlete. I didn't make it into hockey because I mm-hmm. didn't become an athlete first. I think that was like I didn't, I wasn't like training and becoming right. an athlete as a human. I just was a hockey player. I see. I was like fueled by like energy, coffee, mm-hmm. drinking, I will, whatever. I was like fueled by just energy, not physically being an athlete, mm-hmm. which I think it was. The discipline of training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being yeah. an actual physical athlete, then being a hockey player. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't. So then this time around, like, so I, I hated running. But I started liking it. I also, it gave me time to be in my own head. I was doing so much. Running was like an outlet that 30 minute run of me just like actually like shutting down. It was like calming to run. Cause I wasn't thinking about everything I was doing, like trying to start a business, trying to do this, making business, like all this stuff. Um, and, 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 and a lot of it was with, uh, my girlfriend, Colleen, she like, we were making better decisions together. We're, we're, we're getting older in our relationship. We were, it was like longevity started being important. Like yeah, you start to see this. I, Oh, I have to figure this out if I want to age gracefully. I can't even. And I I started like, I I wasn't in the best shape to say the least. And and I, I just wanted to be in better shape or just like, yeah, like longevity, right? Like, um, so that was running. That was where running started. It was like, I, and I was lucky again, like stars aligned. It was like, I had a friend who was doing it too. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, so we were like, that makes it, that makes it almost a little bit like you can, get a little bit more uh motivation because you're comparing and in a healthy way and like going back and forth and that (laughs) i think that's great i have had a very similar thing where um someone that i was seeing when i was dating someone um way back when i got into running um several years ago that was the same thing we were on the treadmills and it was literally how far did you run in an hour oh yeah i ran that far oh really okay next time i'm gonna beat that and then it just goes back and forth 
But then, so, but one thing I stumbled upon as I got more into running and was running with other people and not just one other person was the community and the yeah. run clubs. And so yeah. you guys start our run so club. So we did, yeah. So we started running and like, we're just, this is that entrepreneurial sphere. Like right away, we were even making jokes and like, we laughed about it. We like, we ran our first K together, like outside. I like, I, I can't even lie. I was like in tears when I finished my first K and like, mm-hmm. I was like, pull it together. It was like all these so things. Funny. I was like literally in tears. I never thought I could do that. Like I never thought I was a runner yeah. and then I ran a 5k and I was literally in tears. It was like such like a self, like I did this, like I did this yeah, for myself. Yeah. I like, I don't know. I just like did it. Yeah. And, and no one had like nothing to do with anyone. Like right. I, not like nothing to do with anyone, but like no one was going to run that race for me. I, that 5k. Like I did that. And no one really knows what these times mean. Like, I mean, some people know what these yeah. times mean, but like, I know for myself, like the difference between um, running a 1659 5K between a 1703 5K, <laughs> for me, it's four seconds. But that was a really big deal. Right, I was right, like, right, oh, right, right. I slipped right. underneath the 17. Oh my yeah. God. You know, it's like there's like this idea that, like, that, but that to me, that validation, that feeling of like, like accomplishment is so awesome. But nobody else really cares that much. But that feeling is everything. I and think so, those are important. Yeah. And I think those are important because they help you like uh, they help you be your best self so you can be your best self for other people too like you, you have to be in a good to help other people if you're someone who wants to help you people confidence. you have to, yeah so you're confident yeah. to help them do their things and and then that's part of that the the call that like part of the club yeah. so now like i'm doing this to be my best self if you will and then los uh, was doing that too for himself and then so we ran that first 5k and we were literally joking with that entrepreneurial spirit we we're like run one 5k start nike and then like three weeks later we were like maybe we should do something. And then like three <laughs> weeks after that, the pandem- like, pandemic oh, hit. So, and, that was and then it running. was like, crap, was like else to what do. are we doing? So yeah. then we were just online, like posting our times and like getting a lot of people to just like, they were like seeing us posting every day and like, I'm, I'm running too. And it was like, mother's, his cousin, my, co- my cousin actually like runs like Ragnar's to all the like, every marathon I think he's been in. So he was like, at the same time, I always like had that in my peripheral of mm-hmm. like someone as a, my, my cousin, the John. real runner. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I had that and I was like, one day I'll get there, but I'm playing over here. We're just like yeah. me and Lois doing in 5Ks. And yeah. That was the running club. Really, it was like, like together apart, but you're just like running, we're posting times. And it really resonated with a lot of people that were like, you never ran, I don't run. I'm like, no, you can. And they just started throwing their times, just like sharing on our stories. That was it. Like that was the club. And, and then we were like, like a community. maybe we like- should make a page. Like let's make an Instagram handle on this. And like very like, maybe we should, even though we were like, we definitely want to. We're like, yeah. okay, we'll do that. And then like things snow, just kept snowballing from there with um, yeah, meeting more and more people. The Woo Crew, like up in the Upper West Side, they run every Monday night, like go to those runs. Mm-hmm. Long Island has a lot of like really community-based runs. They have state park runs that you're like outside, like just that community. It was like such a, I fell in love with it. I really did. I'm still like still in love with it now. So, Um, but so I really want to know about your, like the, this company that's kind of new up and not new, but it's, um, Coming up in the running community more and more, everyone's hearing this name is the Diodora. Yeah, for and sure. And when we, uh, when I say new or not as known, I mean that like so many people just think of Nike, Adidas, New Balance, but there are these smaller companies kind of taking over and I would consider them to be one of them because, yeah. because the running focus seems to be on something different than just being on a podium as the best runner in the world. It's more about a vibe and so like what is the right, what's right, the right. story with the so, yeah we got um los and i got uh, like no sleeping running club it's always like no sleeping right it, it's something bigger than us it's not us it's the club and what people see it and how they believe so that's like well just first and foremost like i think that's important um but with diodora they um their marketing manager um alexander had met us through through crazy chance happenings and they met us and and he just loved what we were doing and what his like team and what Brian who, who leads, um, Theodora USA was instilling in his team with, you know, like, don't like, I guess at least what we've been told is, you know, look for the right people, look for people who are just, who are doing it, whatever it is, you, you, you can figure it out. You know, there's vibes, there's like connection, there's energy and like whatever that it is, support them. So they were, I guess they saw what, not even, I guess like they saw what we were doing and were like, we would love to support you. 
And so that was, and then right away we started having these connections of they're like ingrained in the music world, um, conscious living, a lot of, uh, vegetarians. I don't eat, so I don't, yeah, I don't eat meat. Like I don't, um, or are a part of that. So it kind of made it very relatable and easy for us to say like, Hey, let's start working with this brand. Um, that is so closely aligned with, with, yeah, music ethos. Um, and they are off the beaten path. Like we're off the beaten path. We're not rock star runners. We're just running. Yeah. And that, that was such the, the, the relationship. And I think the parallels of why they were like, we want to support this little run club. We don't care how small you are. Like let's support a little community. Let's support that's community. Awesome. You guys are building community. Let's support community. And that's a lot of what they're doing. That's really cool. I, I, I love that. And I've just been noticing more and more with these brands that that's, that's becoming more mainstream. And I think it's for the best because I think it used to just be about a certain aesthetic of like, the end all be all like I don't know where runners were just runners and they're walking around in their race shirt and it was like the neon and I don't yes. know like there's just this thing Feel and that was never me and I never wanted to be that kind of runner and so I like seeing the like alternative um to that which is people who just are other things and like you like you do a bunch of things and like you're an entrepreneur and stuff and like having the running be kind of like this um, it's like the, the thing that kind of makes, allows you to do the things that you're it, doing in your daily yes, life, yes, what that, you're actually doing. Yeah. And that's a huge part of the club. Like that's the motivation we want people to know, like, uh, um, like that's it. Like it's run so you can do more like, mm -hmm. and like, that's awesome. That, like yeah. literally, I don't, I don't like that's, that was our thread. And that was like Lois and I was, I think that was our common thread. And he had his own, like he has, um, his own career too, as an entrepreneur and doing his own show. He has a, a TV show on revolt TV mm -hmm. So like both of us are, we have our own things. And like when we would run, like after the run, we would like powwow and talk about like, what you're, what are you working on? What are you doing? And then mm -hmm. we would run with other people and ask them what, what they're doing. How can we connect? How can I add value? I don't right. know. Like I was running like that. Uh, it was like that world of like, Ooh, we just like sweat this out. You just had a moment. I just had a moment. Now we're having a moment together after that run and that was a lot of th that connections in the running world like through running that like built those relationships and made it even stronger to go out and like tackle the world after you're done oh running. i totally get that and you know somebody who really speaks to this is casey neistat because he's a really good runner i don't know if you've seen his times and stuff but casey's like you know youtuber like cr right, you know right, right. storyteller but then he's also this runner and he straight up just uses running to like get out the extra energy and then go do the thing of like making a you know a video or something but his, some of his friends that he's in good company with are people like Neve Shulman, who's also this runner who had the show Catfish on MTV. And they, right. it's just like, kind of cool to see like these, that kind of runner where they're doing their thing and then they just use running as like this like tool to kind of help them do the thing that they're actually focusing on. Um, and I and I relate to that a lot too. It, it comes from like, or at least for me, it was like the, the music world too. You got like Arthur from uh, Gorilla Biscuits, John Joseph from Cro-Mags. Like, so there yeah, you yeah. go, like watching this crazy old, yeah. I don't want to call him old man, but like watching yeah. this, this crazy older guy who's like track. vegan over all this thing, yeah. like Iron Man doing all this stuff. And like, yeah. I grew up like watching that band, going to these shows and now he's healthy and it's like, oh, yeah, like yelling at you to be healthy. Oh, like, yeah, I want I the best for the you. The reason like, I'm plant-based is because like, of JJ, like well, literally like, seeing him just right. doing what he's done and his age and stuff. But, so that yeah. was that word. And, and that's like, it's like empower you to go and be your best. Like best. So yeah. it was like, I do all this and I'm going to go like rock out on stage at night. And that's like, totally. how that was that like, so like getting active, like being very active and taking that into what you do is there. Like, I don't know. That was like one of those like parallels of like alt meets the world. And that like that for me made even like, like, Made it, I don't want to call it like accessible, but it just was like, yeah, running school, the hardcore guys are doing, I don't know, like not yeah, that it, no, it it's wasn't, true. but it's like a. It's, and it, I think that's becoming more now because I don't think so much in the past people were putting two and two together, but now it just seems to be like, that's where, where things are going and like trying to improve longevity and stay healthy and do the things you can do to be doing what you're doing for a long time. Like John Joseph playing shows, you know, in, in his later years or yeah. continuing his <laughs> yeah. career. Um, it's really inspiring to see, but, um, so then like, let's talk about sobriety. And so you've been sober for two years. And so going, yeah, there'll be three in July. I mean, that's a huge part of longevity for me. I've noticed, 
I, you know, I'm, I'm almost three years sober, not continuously. I had two, um, two minor little slip ups, but I mean like three years cumulatively sure. of sobriety. And I've noticed so much of how I do it. I started doing it for one reason <laughs> after hitting a rock bottom. And now I'm seeing how it's, it's also like, there are all these things that are coming out of it that I didn't expect, which are one of those things is I just feel better. And I feel like I'm keeping my, keeping my youth in a way by not engaging in debaucherous drinking. Yeah. So what's the story for you with um, getting sober and staying sober? Sure. It, it definitely was part of that, like that kind of what we were talking before with like decision-making, drumming, wanting to achieve things. So like, I, I was like dabbling with this idea, like ah, maybe I won't drink, maybe I won't drink. Um, and then it also relates to a lot more of like, I guess I was like growing up in like the hardcore scene, it was like you had your like uh, youth of today's like, oh, like um, straight edge was definitely a thing. Like, so it was always there. It was like a very yeah. big thing. And I loved all those bands and I like mm -hmm. really liked it. So it was like a, a thing in the back of my mind along with being vegetarian, all this kind of stuff. But like, it didn't come out until later. Like, um, and so like those bands and actually like one day, even when I was really younger, I first, I was like into like face to face, seven seconds, uh, Gorilla Biscuits, H2O. And someone asked me, he's like, are you, are you straight edge? And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, that's your favorite bands. And I'm like, I didn't even know. Mm. Like, I didn't know that they were all like straight, straight, like, like straight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like in that world, I didn't even know. I just love their message. Positivity, PMA, like this whole mm. thing that I just didn't even know. It was me. I just really liked drinking back then, but I love yeah. that PMA and that like, that world. So then when it comes, it came to drinking, I just, yeah, I, like, I actually, I went out, I was, I got, I got wasted one night, nothing crazy. Didn't like do anything bad, but I woke up the next day and I'm like, today's it. Wow. And I, and I, and I do things like culture. Like I woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to stop eating fish. Like, and like, if I plan it and tell people it won't happen. Right. But I know myself. Just do it. I just have to do it and say it to myself and then like start holding myself accountable. So that was, and I definitely started with like, I'll just do it for like a week. And then like a week turned into a month and then the more and more people started telling me like, you will, you'll never do it. And I'm like, I'm in. And, I, and I'm like, it, like doubling down on like, not, not drink, like not doing it because of them not believing in me, but like yeah. doing it because of like, no, that's like, this is, that's interesting. that was my, that was my journey with it. And, and then just like things started like more like time opened up. And at first I was still like going out, like I still wanted to hang out all the time. But then I'm like, it's still counter to why I stopped drinking. Cause I was still wasting time. Oh wait, I not wasting that. time being like, out with yeah. friends, but like, I don't need to be here anymore. Like probably those nights where, you know, you go out you and you can have, you, you have the clarity to say the party's at party's the done. I can go I'm home good now. here. No, like I, totally I saw friends. Like, I can go yeah, home. I was social. It's, yeah. you know, 10 o'clock. People are getting a little tipsy. I can just peace out and go work on what I need to work on. And then I can always, <laughs> I always was the driver too. So yeah. people started wanted to hang out more because I drove I'm kind yeah. of like I'm kind of <laughs> kidding but that, not yeah. but like yeah. but then I was also the ride home so now I can I can leave whenever I want mm -hmm. the my life is in my hands even more That's now great. Yeah. so now I, I can really like see that I can I can just do whatever I want whenever I want because I'm not yeah drunk. and I also think there's something know, to be said about it. those social encounters you have sober are more uh valuable because you remember them you're not you don't you're not losing yourself. You're not saying things out of like, you know, having like being under the influence, like things are, I think things are more meaningful and you're more perceptive to different things that, um, you get out of these hangs, like when you're sober. Yeah. And, um, I definitely experienced that myself too. And so you started to see these positive things come out of just being sober. So it sounds like you just kind of stayed in it because you would see your life just doubling up, just like yeah. more and more things are happening more and more dots are connecting. I'm having more and more time. I'm, I'm doing things. I did have a few friends. Like I just went cold turkey. I didn't do like anything. I didn't go to like meetings. I did nothing. Right. I just like stopped. Right. But wow. I did have a few friends, um, that like are, so were sober as well. One for seven years, one for 10 years, one uh -huh. for 30 years. Um, and we were actually, we're actually like partners in a, in a brand together. So it was like uh -huh. people I was yeah. around that like, I finally, so they were like kind of sending me messages, like not, like Once my friend John sends me messages every day. I can't even call it out. He sends me messages mm -hmm. every day. I get a message like uh, a, a script. He, he sends a message out to a group of people every day. And it's one of the most comforting things I have. Uh, like it, everything the, I have a similar kind of thing. It's yeah. really, really cool. Whether he knows it or not, I'm uh, hopefully he'll listen or yeah. see this, but he knows it. And I like, I think, you know, so amazing. Um, 
And, that, and it's everything. Yeah, the community it's that the comes, little So thing. community yes. that comes with running, the community that comes with music, and the community that comes with sobriety. It's everything. And I, I think that one of the, I mean, I have a lot of reasons to stay sober. My life has changed for the better, but I also having people like even today, I wake up and I have a text, Hey, I'm going, getting a chip at a meeting of someone that's in my chat or whatever. Yeah, Gonna, yeah. you know, celebrate this milestone in sobriety. I'm like, yeah. And like, that makes me want to stay sober because I'm like, I want to stay in this cool club of like, yeah, 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 us yeah. supporting each other of being our best selves versus whatever else, you know, but that's great. The sober world feels like it's always kind of been around. Like it's, it's in all the subcultures I've been in. I just wasn't part of it, but it's been a thing. It hasn't not, not been here, like been around me. Mm-hmm. I just, I wasn't on that. So I didn't like try that, that side right. of things. Yeah. So it's, and you, you also can like retroactively look back and see that and go, Oh, there were like, I can look at myself and I'm like, Oh yeah, I had a roommate who was sober and I, Oh, that was, that's interesting that they were that close, but I didn't really know yeah. to like go into that club, but yeah. It, it, oh, it's like, yeah. Like being it's around. There. Yeah. And then now I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I think, but, and I, I like, I actually like love the taste of beer. Like I love drinking IPAs. I still mm-hmm. do athletic. I, I will say like athletic. athletic yeah, yeah. I got into it like yeah. heavy. I actually had a, so I got into that. I was like still, I was like slamming those and I still drink yeah. them all the time. But like, and there's plenty more now, like three years later, like every brand, I was just at Brooklyn Brewery the other night, they have their, all the, non, NA. yeah, yeah. All the NAs is like a huge thing now. And I love it. Um, brewed off from London. Like I, I like love all these things. I like ordering them online. It's really easy because you can ship it. Um, but like, I, I still like drinking beer. People think I'm weird. They're like, it's empty calories. And I'm kind of yeah. like, I don't care. I still like, it's like, I don't know, but I just, yeah. I don't want to get drunk. I, I do like elevated drinks, seed lip. I love like making nice drinks with like with, elevated yeah, experiences. Yeah, and like make it your own. Like, and and I, I've noticed too, like that's, it's so much more accessible to be a sober person these days because of these brands coming out with the 0% alcohol. And um, so it makes it a little bit easier. And I also think it's a little bit more respected than it ever was. Like people get it. If you say I'm not drinking or I'm sober, and you don't make it a thing, I think other people are like, okay, good for you. And whereas I think maybe it wasn't so much the case maybe in previous generations, but, but yeah, no, I've just noticed my life unfold in such, such positive ways that it's like, it's almost like the, the pros definitely outweigh the cons or like, I just, I see so much validation in daily life with it. Um, You're you're doing this, like that thing. That's awesome. Just being perceptive and having clarity like that's that's everything and even just like laying my head to the pillow at night knowing that everything that i did that day was something i chose to do and it wasn't like under the influence or something yeah Um, or missed that day like i feel like the older i got i started missing the next i used to be able to get i used to be able to wake up i never got hung over my entire life until like i can't say a few years ago because a few years i haven't been drinking for years but like a few years before i stopped like i started like I was like, oh, tomorrow, like I wasted tomorrow. And I'm like, I just wasted a day. I hate myself. And that guilt, it's, that's such a thing of like, you're buying time. So when when you, when you drink, you're taking away from tomorrow's productivity, tomorrow's joy, like all kinds of stuff. And so it's just like this, you know, and it's also just like taking away, um, just a quality of life. But yeah, I think once you start to see that it's hard to unsee it and then it's hard to justify drinking because you're like, uh, I just... But don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I have to actively, I'm, I'm in recovery and like on a daily basis, I'm mm-hmm. like very much like keeping myself in check and staying humble and um, not getting too cocky within my sobriety of like, it's so much better on this side. Cause like, you know, it can, it can be, you can find yourself in the throes of temptation and you have to have yourself, you have to keep yourself in check with it. At least I do. Um, but I, um, yeah, but my, my life is just, it's so easy to see how, how much better it's gotten by staying above the influence. And you can see it because you have clarity too. Exactly. So that probably you have a perspective to be able to see yeah. what's actually going on yeah. now too. So yeah. I'm it sure was easy to turn kinda... turn and look the other way when I was in the thick of it um, right, in the right, old right. days. But so what what do you see for yourself in the neck in the future? Like say uh, 15 years from now, what what is JR doing? What does it look oh, like? Wow. 50 to 20-ish. Oh, wow. Um, 20, 2045. 2045. What am I doing? Um, I, I hope I'm, I guess I hope I'm doing much of what I'm doing now. Like I, I'm, I'm, I really like what I'm doing. Like, I hope I'm still, whether it's like, I, well, I hope obviously Charles will still be around. We'll still be helping for this. I hope that's it. And I hope I'm able to expand from there and help, um, other communities and things, 
in ways the same way I was with Trellis with small businesses. I hope I'm able to, to continue doing that. Um, I hope that the running club is still around. I hope I'm still running. I hope that um, we can connect with more and more people and like inspire them to do what they want to do through being empowered by running. Like, I, I hope that's still happening. Um, I hope uh, like I'm a, a family, like, you know, I'm looking toward that. Um, me and my girlfriend, we've, we've been together forever. It's like, I think everyone's waiting, but like, that's a, that's like a thing, you know, that's definitely something. And I hope we're able to, we, like we, we've been together for 10 years. We were friends for years before that too. And we're just, it's such like a, we've gone through everything together. Colleen, Colleen Blasey, uh, like we've gone together through like my whole journey is part of her journey too. So we've like, ha we've been on this journey together of like, we met at punk rock shows. She was taking photos. I was playing drums. That's I've known her brother. Like we've known each other for closer to two decades. Like, yeah. and, and we, if you have that history, that's so, so that's such an important thing. Part of way, I guess where I, I see it, it's like, what are we doing? Like we've been doing, we, we work together in Trellis. She's our marketing director. She's been with us from day one. She like helped us on so many things that we didn't even know we needed help on. And then as we started scaling, we raised money. We've like hired her full time and like, mm -hmm definitely that like where's our journey like definitely part of my journey is that that journey together mm -hmm. and that's like definitely a huge part of that's exciting yeah I, so i don't know where cool. that'll take us that's, but that's a, that's a, like we'll a sweet see. um it's sweet that you guys have that kind of partnership um and it sounds like because it started as a friendship it's kind of carried on as like close 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 friends on yeah. top of being yeah together, so it's but. like that that friend that'll like call you out on anything and everything yeah, and it's amazing so it's, yeah she knows me like she knows yeah. everything so she saw me go through everything she saw me as the former life like that like punk rock jr she saw yeah. me as freelancing traveling jr she saw me as like start starting business making decisions jr like and she supported me that in, entire way so i i'm in 20 years it'll be whatever we're up to that's so sweet. Oh, <laughs> Whatever man. you guys are up to. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Um, I love doing? that. Um, so yeah, I think that, that that this has been an amazing conversation. Um, it's just it's really inspiring actually to hear like your tra your trajectory and also have so many parallels and relate so much. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I, I hope that you got something out of this as well. Oh, I, I did. Know. No, this um, was great. But, I, I, I really feel I love old. I, I, I love this experience. This was great. Like, thank you for, for having me. I love <laughs> I, Yeah, It's like a little bit of a retrospect. It's, it's cool to talk. Yeah, to it's just see the world. There's and something about, about yeah. when you sit down and talk to somebody in a recorded setting, things come out <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, I look forward to seeing how the how everything blossoms um, in the future for you and for everyone listening to my show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Instagram. I'm at Lucy Beatrix, L-U-C-I-E-B-E-A-T-R-I-X. And until next time, just be fast. Just win.